Dave. Hey, Mikey Dobbs. How's it going? Good. We made it here to uh, the Philadelphia Convention Center. Right. For the United Soccer Coaches Convention. We just got Correct. finished setting up. Um, all things said, knock on wood, there's no major technical issues or logistic issues. As Not a, yet. As, as, <laughs> not yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're recording, and, and that's exciting. So hopefully this... Uh, this first little podcast. I wanted is. to point something out. We're sitting here in the Philadelphia Convention Center, and I don't know if you know, if you look out, Mikey Dobbs, we're literally above the street. There are yeah. cars running below yeah. us. It's the <laughs> safest place to be. <laughs> we're on a, a bridge, if you will, to describe it to the listening audience, and maybe we'll turn around the camera after a while. But um, And there are literally cars going underneath this part of the Convention Center. So talk about being in the heart of it all. Absolutely. And... Uh, <laughs> What, uh, what, what are you excited to do while you're here at the convention? Um, any, any booths you want to go by when we are able to sneak out of, out of here? We have, a, well, we have a very exciting interview coming up tomorrow. Carmen, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited about this one. Shola Winley from uh, MLS, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, I think Senior Executive Vice President. So that'll be very exciting that we'll have some time to talk to him. Yeah, and, and Shola has been with Atlanta United since 2021. Is that right? Um, MLS. Yeah. MLS. MLS, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's employed by MLS. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to learn about you know some of the DEI initiatives that are going on in the league, uh, maybe some things that they might be trying to do with, particularly with Atlanta United, you know. Uh, maybe uh, Carmen can talk to him a little bit about soccer in the streets, you know, in Atlanta. Um, and just, just to get an idea of what they're doing to try to promote diversity. Obviously, in the MLS, um, the, the league itself is incredibly diverse. A huge number of Hispanic and black players. Um, but the, you know, the coaching and the administrative hasn't really, you know, yep. hasn't really kept up with that. Um, and, yeah, we hope to meet more of the, the other podcasters surrounding us and uh, hope to join maybe some of their shows and vice versa. Um, looking to schedule that and chat chat with just whoever comes across our path here. We got some tchotchkes. Dave, you printed off some stickers, which stickers, are pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. There we go. Let's see if we can get it on the camera. <laughs> there it is. And there it is. We also Come have, on by the booth to get sticker. We've got some uh, jerseys that we uh, may also be giving away as well. And, and I'm excited about this football because we don't usually have one on the podcast. And Mike yeah. Dobbs and I might get a little game going on right here in podcast row. I think it needs to be a staple <laughs> on the show from this point <laughs> forward. Um, yeah. And, yeah, there's going to be some, you know, likely news updates on Atlanta United we can get into. Even yeah, we're continually hitting refresh on the Atlanta United button, you know, to see what uh, what's going on. How do you feel about, you know, our summer signing so far? Um, Etienne um, could maybe be the, the most interesting <laughs> That's one. basically <laughs> it. And a, goal, a backup and, goalkeeper. And a backup goalkeeper. Well, is he? This, he's going to start this season. Yeah, I think. presumably he's the starter um, on day one. And is then it Clement Diop? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, I think that's right. He's coming from Montreal, uh, French player. Uh, Dave and I are speculating that he'll begin the year as Brad Guzan gets you know a little bit back into game form, and we'll see that transition happen. And you know, or maybe he plays really well, and Brad is uh, the backup. Um, right. Yeah, you know, the rumor is, you know, there's a South Korean striker, Hwang 
Guizhou. I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly. Um, and we're minutes away probably from an announcement that Joseph Martinez is finally gone to inner Miami of all places. And so, you know, are we to assume that the designated player that's the splash shining is going to be the South Korean that's 30 years old that just came off of a World Cup run? I don't know. Does that or is it somebody bigger? Does that excite you? I mean, it do you think not, that's worthy of the? I, you know, I don't know anything about this player. To be fair, so I don't. But it doesn't really excite me. I feel like I would rather see uh, a little bit younger player if we're going to sign a DP that's got uh, a little bit more upside potential in their career. I mean, they're talking about he's from Olympiakos in, in Greece. Yeah. So it's a good. I mean, Olympiakos is one of the you know the really quality sides in Greece, but it's not like phenomenal. The Greek league is not tremendous, and you know, I mean, they have a transfer value set for him at like 5.4 million, which you know for MLS is is means that he's a major player or whatever, but. You know, we're not talking about Tiago Almada for 20 or whatever, or right. 16, you know, Barco, like... Eh. So, I, and my speculation is he's not the big splash target that we'd be going after, particularly since, like, the transfer market says he's, like, 5 million. That probably, in reality, means, like, 3 million or 2.5 of what we'd actually offer for a transfer fee. Uh, a striker who's 30 years old. I just don't yeah. see it being where you, you spend that I money. mean, supposedly, you know, he featured only 13 times for Olympiacos, had only one assist. I mean, this is not exactly something that's that's uh, <laughs> making you super excited. And before that, um, yeah, I mean, um, he played for Forest, Nottingham Forest. He's on loan from Nottingham Forest, right? So he's not even getting playing time with Nottingham Forest. So, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, surely that can't be the splash signing. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope that's not the case. How far have Atlanta United fallen? You know, one of the things that I'm excited about doing during this uh, Soccer Coaches Convention is talking to other people about um, their view of Atlanta United. We're sitting across from a Philadelphia Union podcast, so I'd love to get their opinion, you know. They, they, of course, your Philadelphia Union was always thought to be, you know, a smaller club, always had a smaller budget, and yet they were in MLS Cup final. Yeah. We're, we're in 10th place with the largest budget in the league and the largest crowd sizes in the league. So it's interesting to see the viewpoint. Right? Yeah, and I'd love to get their viewpoint on, you know, it sounds like they did a lot with their youth or academy program to kind of groom players to, to get in that position. They have done a wonderful job of bringing, every time they, they bring through players, they sell them on to Europe, you know, the, the Aronson brothers, yeah. you know, it comes to mind. But, um, you know, then they just bring up the next guy and he's really good. And obviously, Curtin has made really good use of the players. So, you know, so if you could swap places with Philadelphia Union right now, would you, Mikey Doss? Uh, I would not. I, I still like the model that Atlanta United has, um, but boy, they've got to work out the kinks real fast to get back to a little bit more cohesion and how that plan was working the first two, three years uh, of bringing in, you know, special talent like Tiago Almada. I, I like that as a fan to, you know, have a player that, you know, could potentially be in Europe in two to three years after coming through. Uh, Atlanta United, you know, you see it with Miggy Almiron, so we have one example of where that worked. I think that there's no reason that can't work for a club like Atlanta United who has the money to spend. doesn't seem like there's 
any hesitation for us to continue doing that. So we just have to make the right uh, choices, hopefully, to make the model exciting for both Atlanta United fans and then hopefully as they're turning on their TV and looking at the EPL, there's um, kind of that legacy that continue to watch. I don't know. Is that... Well, the interesting thing is, you know, that's been our model is to buy young and sell, you know, high. And um, <laughs> But this squad needs someone who can score goals tomorrow. You know, yeah. uh, as I said in a previous podcast, you know, I'm not sure I'd buy another Tiago Amato. I mean, I'm super glad that we have him. I'm not saying we shouldn't buy, shouldn't have bought him, but I wouldn't buy one on top of him because you know Tiago Amato is going to you needed last year to settle. He's going to be better this year. We need a guy who can score tomorrow, right? Um, So I think it's time you know they invest in a veteran, and we need a proven goal scorer. Which is why we said like, look, if you're going to let Joseph Martinez go, I mean, we are literally releasing him. Right? right, and if you're going to release him and We're not buying, even get a, buying out his contract, buying out his contract, and 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 I know Inter Miami is probably going to pay some of that, but yeah. but you know, you better have a much better replacement, right? If we don't have a guy, honestly, if you look back at the end of this year, and whoever we get as the starting striker does not score as many goals as Joseph Martinez, it's a big L because we took a loss. Yeah. to try to get that, you've mm. got to have a better player, right? Why else would you do it? We have him under contract, yeah. right? So I mean, we, it would be a nuts move. And we've had all this time that, you know, since probably, you know, three games before the end of the season since Eros Campoyo, they probably knew they were moving on from Joseph. Yeah. So that better have meant that, you know, the technical staff and Boca are on the hook to find that splash signing, um, to your point, finding somebody whose numbers are absolutely going to be Better than Joseph Martinez, or should be. Yeah, I mean, and and we were talking about it on the on the plane ride here, right? That um, you know, we started training on Monday, right? And so Atlanta United continues to do this. We keep bringing in our best, biggest signings, like even after the season has started. And I realize the transfer window extends into the beginning of the season, you know, so that you can complete those deals. But it's not ideal. Whoever that replacement for Joseph Martinez should be with this, the squad now, right? And so no matter what happens, even if we do well in terms of the transfers and in this late time, this late part of the window. I still think there's a there's a part of it where we lost the transfer window because of the timing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, it's. I, I want to be optimistic that we're going to have somebody I'm excited about. Um, we also talked about would you be disappointed if they threw a curveball and got a splash designated player that was defensive, let's say a center back to be next to Miles Robinson versus. No, I mean I wouldn't be. Def- you know. There is definitely room in the MLS for being the best defensive side. I mean, Nashville showed this, right? As a, as a brand-new franchise, they you know had Walker Zimmerman. They had a great back line. They don't give up goals, and they've been right into the playoffs from day one. So there is definitely room in the MLS for somebody, you know, somebody to and, make them the best defensive side. And my point being, let's say their strategy is they bring in this South Korean, just for example, and now you got Thiago Mata behind that striker and – also counting on Luis Araujo to score goals. Uh, and then you have somebody who's an amazing center back next to Miles just to lock down that back part of the field. Or where we're also weak is in the central part of the park, right? So any the people above Sosa, um, 
I don't know. It, I think Etienne really, you know, helps that because it, so you now have Thiago Almada, Araujo. So tell us, Etienne. Tell us about this Etienne guy. I don't know anything about him. He's from Columbus, correct? Yep. Okay. He's a, an MLS veteran. He's been a great player. He can score a goal or two. He's been up and down in scoring over the years. Sometimes he's had good returns, you know, like seven, eight, nine goals. You know, an Almarone type production he's had in a couple of years. He's been an MLS All-Star, I believe. Um, so at his best, okay. he can score goals, but he's not an out-and-out attacking midfielder. He's a little bit more of a, you know, possession. He's sort of a... You know, a combination, you know, he's not quite Nogby, you know, who's a true possession kind of player. But isn't um, that what we need right now, right? right yeah, next it's to, absolutely. Next to slash in front of Sosa. I mean, presumably Etienne's there to beat out Sadich, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we just re-signed Sadich. That's a head-scratcher to me, but I don't know why. But um, And we still have the uh, young Colombian player on the left side of it. What's it? Mascara is Mascara. that Mascara. Okay. Yeah. He's real fast, but yeah, it kind of seventieth minute change. I love, change yeah, I love that signing with that kind of pace that will scare you late in the in the game, right? Um, but yeah. anyway, we're here at the convention, so <laughs> yeah. we got we have a tendency to lapse into Atlanta United, which is good. That's what our listeners want to hear. But um, what else do you want to get out of the convention, um, Carmen? Do you have other things? No, I mean, they have a lot of good sessions. I'm not a coach, but just even in, like, helping my own kid, like, goalkeeping sessions. But you will be a coach, Carmen. I will be a coach. <laughs> that is my goal, to be a coach and a DEI expert and just run all of soccer. But, I like it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and just meet a lot of the podcasters, get some tips, and figure out what we're doing over here. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'd like to hear from some of the other podcasters things that they have gotten wrong, things that they have brought that they think have really helped them. You know. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, you know, we've been, this is our fifth year, Dave. I cannot believe this. But it can't and, be true. And, and obviously, I think we're trying to level up the podcast. We're, we've taken the entire studio on the road here. On the road. I know. Can I just say, I wish I could, I'm going to get the camera at some point later on. And just have, We have the most equipment out of everybody here. Yeah, we are kind of rocking it. I mean, Mikey Dobbs. Came Are you with saying it. that there is Schadenfreude on the rest of the podcast, bro? <laughs> no, no. Where's Glenn Crook? We're going to show yeah, him up, too. Yeah. Where is he? Yeah, once the Sirius XM comes in and he's got his entire crew and he's got the, you know, the 18-wheeler coming in with his equipment, you yeah. know, the guys in the truck are producing this this episode. They got truck. The truck's got nothing on you, Carmen. Oh, thanks, I would take Cass. you as a producer over the truck. Thank you so much. But yeah, I think, you know, this is what happens when you're like a, a tech dork like me. Yeah. I, as I got going here, I bought like a Yeti microphone and then just the, the whole bug of researching like all this podcast equipment. Um, it's part of the reason I love doing this as well. So, right. Um, what else? What are we going to um, do on the town? Are we going to try to get out of this building anywhere and maybe get some food? <laughs> Well, we have had cheesesteaks on the podcast before, so you oh, know, yeah. Philadelphia is known for that. I don't know if they're going to be better than the ones I made at home, though. Okay. It's going to be a comparison. Pats versus Mikey Dobbs. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> it's a, gonna not, win. not a chance. <laughs> I had uh, the key is you get um, uh, ribeye and you flash freeze it in the freezer for about 10, 15 minutes, and that gets it a little hard so you can thin shave. <laughs> 
your your meat before you throw it on the griddle. I'm impressed, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can get in the kitchen and we can have a podcast from the kitchen of good cats. Idea. You know, good talking idea. Good Talking about the the relative merits of freezing and slicing thin. <laughs> I like it. Um, what else do we need to get done before the season starts for Atlanta United, Dave? Um, well, I was going to say, the season's starting soon, right? You yeah, know? when is the, the schedule just was released, right? February 23rd, Carmen, can you, can you give us? It, it's something right around there. They, they announced the preseason schedule. We're playing Chattanooga again. We're playing in Mexico. We have three matches in Mexico. Um, so, they'll, you know... And they said those will be available via streaming, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Let's oh. see what we got. Also, speaking of streaming, they uh, announced some of the broadcasters, correct? They're going to be oh, part of yeah. the Apple TV. Uh, Two stream. of our very favorites, uh, Maurice Edu and Julian Sakovich, were selected. Yes. Yeah. But so far, not Kevin Egan. Right. But um, without naming any sources, um, I do believe we are going to see some of Kevin Egan ah. in some some capacity from. Uh, you got an inside. Tip. I have an inside yeah. tip, but the rumor uh, has it that Kevin Egan will be joining the Apple broadcast in some capacity. I mean, yes. we have to. We can't have. We can't leave we him can't just leave at him. WWE. I mean, I mean, he's I mean, too good. He's, he's too good. Right. He's too good. He's too good. But yeah, it looks like our first regular season game. What is this? February twenty fifth, San Jose. Ooh, San Jose. Yeah, we should definitely win that one. Let's hope. So. Yeah, at home we open up at yeah. the bench against San Jose. That's a winnable game, uh, even for Panena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I didn't mean that. Job. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, you but that's give, a good topic because you got to give Panena a year too. Like you, you, yeah, I, you know. Okay. Okay. Wait, so let me just run it off for the people. So, uh, preseason begin. Uh, the training began January eighth. Um, Chattanooga on January twenty eighth. We'll have to think about whether we want to try to get there. The team will travel to Mexico City. Um, they'll play matches against uh, Atlante FC um, and Cruz Azul, which should be a fantastic match. Um, nine-time Liga MX champions, most recently won the Clausura. Okay. Um, and then they return home um, to face another Mexican opponent in the preseason. They have Toluca FC on February 15th at the Benz. Um, that's the, um, the, it's the day they're going to do the kit launch, um, and it will also be... Um, that was February 15th, you said? February 15th, the American Family Insurance Cup. Amp so you know Cup. how we have our own, our own yeah. we created our own trophy because we can't win other say, people's Didn't we trophies. win it last year? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we the reigning it's champions? A, we're a lock. <laughs> and then finally, they finish out the preseason February 18th. Um, they travel to the new stadium at MLS uh, in St. Louis. So what, do, what are your St. expectations? St. Louis City SC. What are your expectations for St. Louis? Not good. Not good. <laughs> Have you done any research on how their roster is? I've been be? watching a little bit of how it's shaping up, but there's nothing, that, you know, in fairness, when we, our first season, we thought we were going to be not good, and it turned out we had Joseph and Al Marone, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, you never know. But there's nothing that indicates that it seems to be a little bit more like Charlotte. It's not a, you know, big money market, you know, kind of signing. Um, although St. Louis, you know, 
having been in college in St. Louis, St. Louis was the traditional soccer hotbed uh, of the whole United States. That original national team in 1950 that beat England 1-0 in the World Cup, like something like like half of the roster was from St. Louis. Okay. So. New York and St. Louis are the hotbeds of, uh, I don't know, Texas? Yeah, I mean, now it's shifted to the warm climates, you know, uh, Southern California, Texas. Those are the soccer powerhouses. You know, Atlanta even, um, you know, Florida, yeah. really, really good in youth soccer. And it's probably the advantage to being able to play much more year-round. So what other topics are we going to discuss this week? Is, is there anything? So we're kind of winging this a little bit. We're going we're gonna to have some <laughs> interviews. But, like, what other things um, Atlanta United-related do you want to get into in terms of, like, maybe we have a whole conversation around Pineda and tactics and, you know, giving him the runway this year to, you know, prove – you know, with a healthy team that he can get the job done and, you know, not only have a good culture, but also a, a fun product to watch the Mercedes-Benz. I mean, that's what we want to get back to, right, is just fun soccer. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to say it didn't go well and you got to get, the, you know, he's got a reset button. Although, you know, to be fair to us who have been a little bit critical of Pineda, like he had a whole preseason. Last year, everybody says, oh, is he just came in and, and you know, started coaching and, and you need to give him a full year. But he had actually, the, he was here for the last 10 games the previous year. He coached us in the playoffs. He had the full offseason. He had a full preseason, right? It wasn't like he just walked into the job last year. Yeah, and people, so. I, I know you probably know the stats better than me. People said he did well that latter half of the year where he came in. Is that necessarily true? No, I mean, it was the interim coach that really got us, you know, into the playoffs. Yeah. Class, right? right? Yeah. Um, we went on that run. We won, you know, like six or eight straight games under the interim coach before they brought in Pineda. After they brought in Pineda, they, we were good. Over the second half of the year, we were like the first or second best in all of MLS that season. But most of it was that one run under the interim coach. Right. So... Yeah, we'll talk about it. Well, do we want to take a little break? Yep. And I then uh, we've checked check the, the audio and everything, make sure this thing is recording well, and then Sounds we'll, good. we'll come back and record again. Going to talk about it all. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 